Hey, everybody, this is the Washington State Indivisible Podcast, part of the Demcast Podcast Network. I'm your host, Stephen Cox. Today, Senator Patty Murray. She joins us to talk about the latest coronavirus stimulus bill just passed by the Senate and the House, what's in it, and what should be in the next round of funding, including provisions on national voting by mail for the 2020 election. I think it's an absolute top priority. People should not have to put their lives at stake in order to have a say in who runs their government. That is all ahead, so stay with us. On Tuesday, in response to the ongoing coronavirus pandemic, the Senate passed a $480-plus billion stimulus package, this in addition to the $2 trillion CARES Act, which passed in March. The House voted to pass the latest bill on Thursday. To talk about what is in this latest package, we are so happy to have Senator Patty Murray on the line with us. Senator Murray, welcome. Good morning to all of you. You know, I, I want to talk about the stimulus bill, of course, but I would just like to start by asking how you are doing personally during these very uh, uncertain times. Health-wise, doing great. Um, Stress like everybody else. This is an unprecedented time and, uh, you know, worry about everyone, family, friends, um, and all the people I represent that are not just going through a health crisis, but a stress crisis as well. And uh, I think it's changed changed a lot of people's view out their window of what they're looking, yeah. what they're seeing, what they're feeling, and you know, trying to get through it. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think that sums it up pretty well. Yeah, I'm I'm curious also, and I know that you're not in D.C. right now, but I'm curious to get your assessment on the mood among lawmakers right now, uh, and and how you have seen attitudes change among your colleagues as the pandemic has progressed. Well, that's an interesting question because I was way ahead of pretty much all of my colleagues. Um, Back way back in the first part of February, I was hearing from so many of my own friends, family, people I knew here in Washington State who had this really tremendously awful flu that they couldn't get past. We were beginning to hear about um, the cases in Wuhan much more uh, available. We were hearing about cruise ships and, of course, the Life Center here. And I was kept thinking, you know, w- what is going on? And I was asking people, have you been tested for this coronavirus? No, I've tried. I can't find one. And this is weeks before anybody else in Washington, D.C. was thinking about this. And I was pushing that we needed to get testing, that we needed to get on top of this, that we needed to know the extent of this, and literally met with, well, that's interesting kind of comments from Washington, D.C. I was literally living in two different worlds. And now today, they all understand that this pandemic has caused not just health crisis, but an economic crisis. And it is just unprecedented what we are having to do to try and get get ourselves out of this and past it and ready for what we don't know coming in the next year, year and a half. Yeah. We in Washington, uh, whether we liked it or not, were on basically the front lines. We were among the first cases in the nation. And uh, the the leadership here at the state level has just been exemplary. I've said that over and over on the show. Uh, And I I do want to talk about at the federal level, the response. Um, As I mentioned, the $2 trillion uh, CARES package passed back in March. And uh, just this week, the $480 billion stimulus package just passed through both the Senate and the House. 
Um, the CARES package was supposed to go to small businesses, but that turned out to contain language that instead helped a lot of large corporations. Um, also, the Paycheck Protection Program, the PPP, ran out of money before it could reach everybody who needed it. I know that you fought very hard to get an extra $150 billion in this latest bill. And I'll just ask you, how do we make sure this stimulus money actually gets to small businesses? Well, let's remember the first package was done under a very short time frame. This is Congress we're talking about. And under a lot of duress as people were trying to figure out what the extent of this, how fast it was progressing, what it was going to mean for absolutely everything from individual families to our hospital and healthcare system to businesses themselves. And uh, and frankly, it did not have enough oversight in it and language that made sure that the folks that we were trying to help got it. So in the second package, we did make sure that the extra money we got um, was targeted at those folks who were literally left out of the first package, whether it was rural, minority-owned, underbanked businesses um, that underserved businesses, the, the folks that we really were thinking about needing the help. Now, the, you asked a good question. How do we make sure? Well, this is this administration. And they break rules every single day. And it, it is so frustrating. It makes me so angry. But what it does mean is we have to have oversight and a lot of sunlight on what they're doing so that if they misuse this money, it's not where it's supposed to go, um, that we can let the public know and have that backlash uh, force the changes that need to be made. Um, and that's, that is how we have to operate today. So I intend to have a lot of oversight on this. I want to hear from people if they aren't getting the money that they expect to get, or they're hearing about other businesses. So we can shine a light very loud on what's happening with this money. If it's not being spent, right. The bill also had uh, $25 billion for testing. Uh, yep. We know just how important that is in, in fighting the, the spread of this. Uh, you were the ranking member on the Senate Health Committee, and you put out a roadmap to ramp up testing nationally to make it, in your words, fast, free, and everywhere. I wonder if you can give us a timeline for when we might get there. Well, I wish it was today. No. Um, if we had have started when I started saying this two and a half, three months ago, we would be in a lot better place. But what we've had is a lack of urgency, a lack of understanding, a lack of uh, any kind of plan at the national level to how to get us to what, where we need to be right now today in testing, much less in the future if we want to open our economy back up. I have consistently told everyone at the very beginning, we do not know how to make decisions, whether it's your own family, your business, your local government, unless we know what's happening in their community with this virus. The only way to know is by testing. Today, we don't know how to open up places unless we know whether people are safe, whether they have had the virus, whether they uh, have the virus, and we're seeing the impacts everywhere. Um, so, And why is that? Because the federal gov government, again, hasn't had an urgency. So I put out a plan, a roadmap, I called it, that calls for this administration to put together a plan on how we reach the number of tests we need in order to have our economy and our healthcare system ready. They have not done that. They have pushed it down to the states who cannot do it for an, a variety of reasons. And this legislation gives them the resources and tells them to um, put together a strategy on how we meet uh, the needs to have testing. Um, so they have the resources, again, oversight. 
<laughs> we yeah. know what they're going to do, <laughs> and we know what, what this guy says. Um, so we're going to have to ha- really push hard uh, so that we reach that. And as I've told everybody, we are spending so much money in our small businesses on help. Our food banks are seeing horrible crises, our healthcare centers. The only way to get past this is to have the knowledge that we need that comes from testing so we can make sure that those who are tested positive are tracked and traced and taken care of um, so that they don't spread it. That's the only way to get us back on our feet. Well, I, I certainly wish that bell Godspeed because that is precisely what we need. As you say, we're, we're getting zero coordination or cooperation uh, from the White House. Um, and there may be a fourth stimulus bill forthcoming. And I'm curious, just generally speaking, what you would like to see included in that bill. Well, that, that again is a really good question. We've been having a number of conversations on the Democratic side about what needs to go into the next stimulus bill. The immediate needs that I see uh, have to deal with housing and food crisis that people are sure, uh, facing right now, both because they are not at work and not getting a paycheck, uh, but also because we are seeing the supply chain impacted dramatically. Mm. I was talking to a number of local food banks yesterday, and they're doing an amazing job in, in really horrific conditions, but it is overwhelming. So we need to address that through the traditional things we have, like the WIC program and uh, and SNAP program that the Republicans refuse to help us with. Um, I'm talking to a lot of folks who are very worried about their next rent check, uh, and we need to deal with that. We also need to make sure we have in place um, what our frontline workers need. And, I, and I'm talking about our healthcare workers. We all understand that. I'm talking about frontline workers like the people at the food banks, the people at the warehouses that are we're now seeing, uh, like the case in, in Walla Walla or Pasco with the, with the food processors. People who are we require to be at work today need to have the personal protection. And that is a critical need moving forward. And finally, I would just say, contrary to what Mitch McConnell seems to think our state and local governments need help. If they were to not be able to pay their bills, thousands and thousands of more people will be laid off. We will not see the services we need from police, firefighters, uh, first aid responders that are so critical right now. That would put everybody in just further jeopardy. So that has to be included as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more uh, on all those points, and especially the last point about the states. The the intransigence on that is, is just simply jaw-dropping. So uh, d- definitely the housing, the food crisis, uh, helping out our frontline workers, and of course taking care of states. Um, and also I want to ask you about vote by mail, uh, given that mm-hmm. there may be another coronavirus outbreak in fall. Uh, a number of progressive organizations, uh, including Indivisible, are pushing very hard for national vote by mail. I'll just ask you, given the stakes of the next election, how hard do you think Democrats should push to include this as ironclad language in the next stimulus bill? Oh, I think it's an absolute top priority. Uh, Absolute top priority. We saw what happened in Wisconsin. People should not have to put their lives at stake in order to have a say in who runs their government. And uh, that's just been a principle that just seems like we shouldn't be debating it. Um, So, yes, this is uh, this is something that is a top priority for all of us. Amy Klobuchar, Ron Wyden are really taking the point on this, doing a great job. We have vote by mail here in Washington state, um, but most states don't. And we know who's not going to be able to vote if um, we don't take care of this. And, uh, you know, I'm counting days till the next election. I know a lot of people are, and I want it to occur. I want everyone to be able to vote and I want everyone to be safe and healthy. 
healthy as they vote. Well, you know, just sort of following down that track in terms of negotiating these sorts of things with the GOP Senate, I'm curious how you strike the balance between pushing hard for the values that we're talking about, about helping people, about protecting elections, protecting healthcare workers, small businesses, while not uh, allowing Democrats to be portrayed as obstructionist by McConnell and the GOP. Well, it was pretty easy this last time because in the bill that just passed, um, they just said, we just want to add more money to the small business, thing, leaving out literally millions of people who are hurting. So we said, no, we're, we're happy to help small businesses, but we also need to make sure we have a testing regime and that our hospitals who are under siege have the funding that they need. And we held out for that. So you need to, to say to them, uh, we understand um, that this is your priority, but this is who's really hurting. And by the way, if these Republicans are going home and doing what I'm doing and talking to local um, people, whether it's their local doctors or, or their local hospitals or their local communities or the people who are on the front lines, um, they're hearing the same thing I am and about the needs. And I don't see how they can turn their heads away from it. And then just large, larger picture here, I'm wondering if you feel like the coronavirus response that we've seen with the, with the trillions of dollars of infusion changes things in terms of what is possible at the federal level, especially in terms of challenges like universal health care and climate change? Well, I, I, it's such an interesting question. And sometimes when you're in the weeds of a fight, you're not able to step back and see the bigger sure. picture. But I, I really think attitudes and uh, how we see our government is changing. People just were living their lives, not realizing how many people go to work every day to make their life sustainable. People, again, who are in meatpacking plants, putting food on your grocery store, delivering food to you, taking care of you in so many different ways. And they have been directly impacted by this and directly impacting everybody else. So that speaks to me as why we have a government. Why do we make sure that we work as a country? Why do we make sure that um, we all contribute to make sure that people are healthy and safe throughout our community? Because a virus like this doesn't pick and choose. And if it's yeah. impacting the people who are putting food in your grocery store and you can't get food, um, then man, it impacts you. If it's impacting the kids in the school that may be lower income than you are, um, it impacts you. This is really showing, I think, in our country why we have a system where we all work together to make sure everyone is taken care of. I know that uh, our time is limited here. I, I will just ask you in closing, um, people are nervous, people are frightened, people are uh, going through the panoply of emotions uh, right now. And I'm just wondering how you see the path forward over the next few weeks and months. Well, I think the path in the next few weeks is pretty clear that we need to, despite our frustration, um, stay home and stay healthy, as our state has been doing, so that this virus doesn't spread and then cost us a lot more and not allow us to open in the future. I think the most important thing we can be doing besides that is look ahead because every public health expert believes that this will 
um, come back in the fall. So what are we doing right now to make sure we're prepared? What is our, What do we need to have in the supply chain so that we're not going, oh my gosh, we don't have enough tests. We don't have enough masks. We don't. Let's have that there. Let's talk about the fact that I know one of the things that a lot of parents worry about is what's going to happen to my kids next year? Well, let's start planning right now about how we have better ability to get our kids educated, whether it's if the, this explodes and kids need to stay home, how do we make sure that they get the lessons and the support and the even Wi-Fi and basic things? Or do we need to plan right now about how we can have our schools exist and operate in a, uh, a space where they have to stay six feet apart? Fewer kids, yeah. you know, different days. I, I'm not the expert on that, but we should be planning that right now because it may well come at us. We do the planning and it doesn't happen. Hallelujah. But man, I want to be prepared next time. I don't, I don't want to have had everybody sit home for weeks on end right now only to have this occur again and we're in the same place. Well, Senator Patty Murray, I, I want to thank you for your time, especially thank you for your work. Uh, please stay healthy and safe. You too. You too and all of your listeners. And that is it for today. Our website is indivisiblepodcast.org. Our email address is indivisiblepodcast at gmail.com. The Washington State Indivisible Podcast is a production of Get Creative, Inc. and is part of the Demcast Podcast Network. Learn more about Demcast at demcastusa.com. Special thanks to Michael Brewer. Extra special thanks to Lori Caldwell. And as always, my thanks to you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.